My name's Ruth Potts, and I am the co-author with Andrew Sims of a pamphlet called The New Materialism, which is inviting people to fall in love with stuff in a good way. What's wrong with materialism? Surely surely people only buy iPads because they need iPads, isn't it? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess um, what we're saying in the pamphlet is actually there isn't anything wrong with materialism. Um, we are, after all, part of a material world. We, we live in a physical world, we're part of that physical world. But we think that materialism has become synonymous with, with a sort of... Um, passive and destructive consumerism so that we are persuaded to, I'm paraphrasing the economist Tim Jackson, buy stuff that we don't need, um, often for people that we don't really like in order to create an impression that won't last. So we, um, we've been persuaded um, in an economy that is driven by the need to produce ever more, to buy stuff that doesn't make us happy. We've been caught in a kind of hedonic treadmill in which we're constantly chasing the next thing. And I think that the response of the Green Movement to that driver to date has been either this kind of hair-shirt miserabilism, where we're told that we ought to reject stuff altogether, um, or it's been a kind of replacing one kind of... of um, of fairly unhappy consumerism with another, so you can have the car if it's a Prius, or you can have your you can have your designer shoes, you can have your Jimmy Choo's as long as they've got a a bit of recycled material in the sole. And I think that's there's another actually there's another way that we could be approaching this. And I think the Green Movement's been missing a trick because actually um, the Green Movement has kind of distilled a different type of materialism for decades. We know that. Um, sort of actually living um, living within our means um, both socially and environmentally involves um, things like repairing more um, reimagining the things that we already have um, recycling um, and many other sort of many other activities prefixed with re so the green movement knows how to live better and I think the the exciting thing about this is that by mending and caring for the stuff that we already have um, we enter into a different relationship with stuff which is about um, long-term lasting caring relationships rather than the sort of abuse slightly abusive consumer relationship um, and the added benefit that with of that in the context of the current situation where we're entering a period of austerity where the government is telling us to get out of um, a debt crisis at least in terms of, of levels of household debt in the UK by buying more stuff which isn't making us happier and get, is getting us further into debt. But if you look at the type of economy that we could have, which is based on repairing what we have, making things from scratch, making things from recycled materials, um, it's an economy that is rich in employment, and it's a real, um, I think it's a real answer to a situation where everybody agrees that in order to kind of stabilise the economy, you need to increase demand, and this is a way of increasing demand for services for doing things in a way that doesn't always doesn't also and in fact could decrease consumption so a shift to an economy that's based on all the different re's that you mentioned isn't one that would bring the 
economy of this nation to its communities? I think it would. I think I, I think it's one that is rich in employment. Actually, it's an economy that calls for practical people and artists in each in equal measures. So you'd see a huge um, rise in in. Um, employment in repair and maintenance for example so um, sort of everything from plumbers to painters and and bakers um, so it actually it's it's um, it's a richer more diverse economy and an economy which um, replaces the kind of the, the impoverishment of work um, the sort of the impoverishment of, of the call center and the, the sort of the relatively um, sort of strict bare employment, which with uh, types of employment that are um, satisfying and rich in social connections. I think I think um, there is everything to be gained from switching from an economy um, that's built on um, ever rising levels of consumption to one that's ba- based on um, repair, maintenance, and doing things together. And um, so. We all have a relationship with stuff. We all have, yeah. have stuff in yeah. our lives. And, and, but what, what does a healthy relationship with stuff look like? I like one of the things in your the manifesto that says, you know, you shouldn't buy anything that's not going to last, that's going to last less than 10 years. I mean, what, 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 does, what does our relationship with stuff, the contents of our house, look like in, in a world of new materials? I think in a, well, in a, in a new materials world, um, we would have things that we... Um, repair rather than throw away so we wouldn't have um, it would be we we wouldn't have constant upgrades we might um, we might sort of repair and refurbish what we have but it would be it would be a lasting relationship rather than I mean I guess if we think about it in terms of our social relationships um, what we we all ultimately seek is um, is meaningful and lasting relationships and I think um, that that can be that can be applied to stuff. So rather than having situations where the moment we buy something, there's a new must-have model. I think we're looking for a world where um, perhaps our you know perhaps as as they once did, um, our washing machines um, last a lifetime. I think the the, the oldest working um, working fridge is something like 93 years old, and it, it's it's a culture where we build memories around the things that we have in our homes um, and we care for them and we repair them um, so it's where we have in, in the words of, of Eric Fromm where buying things is keeping it buying um, and where we actually have control over the things that we have I mean I'm sure sort of many of us have experienced the frustration where one tiny element in, in a toaster blows and the whole thing has to be scrapped because we can't we can no longer access the parts that we need in order to repair it. So it's getting back to um, to a stage where we actually have um, both a relationship with but also control over the things that we have. So we're not we're not just passive consumers but we're we're actively engaged with our things. Um, and I think you can see that already emerging from sort of a culture of repair, from furniture recycling projects that are spilling, um, that are sort of springing up all over the country, through to things like the the, the rather fantastic um, Restart project, whose um, strapline is "Don't Despair, Repair," who are teaching people how to mend and care for and make last 
um, perhaps some of the things that have become the most high velocity in the modern economy, things like our laptops and our mobile phones. And there's a huge satisfaction in making things last, actually. George Monbiot wrote that thing this week all about yeah. Christmas. And, I mean, the, the industry that makes us desire that stuff. Yeah. I mean, nobody felt they needed an iPad before iPads were invented, and it, now they're, like, you know, desperately sort of, yeah. after devices. Yeah. How do we overcome this sort of... that, that incredibly powerful... Uh, commercial brainwashing. I mean, I think I think there are there are very strong and, and powerful arguments for um, restrictions to advertising because advertising is, is the medium by which, I mean, in, in the world world of um, word of Edward Bern, Edward Bernays, one of the um, one of the sort of the founding fathers of, of the modern advertising industry. Advertising is about trying to convince somebody who is a nobody that they're a somebody, and I, I, I think that's a really um, a really miserable way of looking at people, <laughs> actually, um, because everybody, in, you know, in, in the words of Virginia Woolf, there are no such thing as ordinary people. Um, so, yes, there are restrictions in advertising, but what we were trying to get at, I think, with the new materialism was that if the moment that we start to enter into relationship with the things that we have by caring for them and by repairing them, actually, we... Um, I think we reduce some of the lure of that advertising because we don't want to give up things that we love. So actually, by learning to repair what we have, um, part of that is I, th- I think it, it could make us immune to advertising um, and satisfied with what we have. Um, and I think, I mean, I think, I think Chris, I think George Monbiot is exactly right to point out that Christmas is is sort of one of one of the points of the year at which, obviously, this kind of this sort of mass consumer treadmill goes into absolute overdrive and we're convinced not only that we need to buy something for everybody but that we need to spend sort of hundreds of pounds that in the current climate or if ever people people don't have um, which is why we um, which is why we are experimenting this year by making the run up to Christmas a make something month so we're encouraging people just to have a go at making one thing um, because we think that the, the more that we make for one another in the run-up to Christmas, actually, the more we're going to spend time with people, because very often making involves asking advice off other people, learning from others, um, and there's a chance that we, we might arrive all arrive at Christmas a bit happier and a little less in debt. So uh, so what does Ruth Potts give for her lovely <laughs> Christmas? Um, well, this year I'm going to... Um, I'm going to struggle once again with um, with making my niece a dress, um, which I've, I've done for. I've, I'm sort of a godmother to two or three children, and I've I've tried to make all of them at, at least sort of um, one item one item of clothing, um, and I'm halfway through. I'm halfway through a scarf for my first sister, um, and need to make one for the others. But I will be. I'll be baking biscuits. Um, I'll be making things like lemon curd, which are easy to make. So I'll be. Um, I'll be making at least one small thing for everyone. And I think, I mean, I think the point with this is that you don't have to make a huge amount of stuff and what you make can be simple because a handmade gift um, indicates a huge amount more care and thought for another person um, than something that is bought. And the last thing... trading off. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I suppose the last question was: so, so you recently had a festival of making. Yeah. What, yeah. What's a festival of making, and how did it go? Well, the, the festival of making again, because this is such a is such a period where um, 
it's such a period of, of consumption and of shopping and the run-up to Christmas is all about how many shopping days there are left to Christmas. We just thought it would be interesting to put a festival of making in the heart of in the heart of um, in the heart of the Totnes High Street. So we um, we hired the Civic Hall for a day and we invited local makers and craftspeople and remakers to come and share their skills for an afternoon. So we had um, people learning how to sk- how to spin um, yarn that they could ne- then knit. We had people um, learning how to bake. People learning how to. Um, weave containers from recycled Tetra Pak, we had people carving bows and arrows, we had a whole range of activity um, going on in the Civic Hall and what, I mean, one of the beautiful reflections that came from that was um, the woman who'd been, um, been teaching people how to spin said that she had taught people not only from Totnes but also because Totnes has a language school, people from around the world learn how to spin and she'd sent them off home um, with their spindles and with a quantity of um, with a quantity of yarn, so that they could carry on that practice and, and teach others. And she um, she very much hoped that um, we had on that day um, ignited something of a of a passion for making in everyone who came um, who came through the hall. And it was it was a, it was a beautiful afternoon. It was buzzing and it was alive, and people were chatting um, and learning from one another and really enjoying themselves. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure.